Numbers chapter 19, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, 2. This is the statue of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer, faultless, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. It's going to be a red female cow. It has to be completely red, and there has to be no blemish at all in it, because that represents that Christ never sinned. Female cows are more precious because they can give birth. It has to be a cow that was never used for working, so it never had a yoke on its shoulders. And that represents that Jesus never did earthly work. All the works that he did were the works of the Father. You know, when people say that Jesus was a carpenter, it isn't true. He was never a carpenter. He never did any earthly work. His father was a carpenter, but he himself was only a prophet and priest. And that's why he left home. Just like this heifer never had a yoke on it, never plowed or did anything like that. Its only purpose in life is to serve the Lord by being a sacrificed animal. It's red, and I think that symbolizes the power of the blood of Jesus. 3. And ye shall give her unto Eleazar the priest, and she shall be brought forth without the camp, and she shall be slain before his face. Eleazar is the oldest son of Aaron who is still living, so he's the son of the high priest. 4. And Eleazar the priest shall take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood toward the front of the tent of meeting seven times. 5. And the heifer shall be burnt in his sight, her skin and her flesh and her blood, with her dung, all shall be burnt. The entire animal is consumed in the fire. With the burnt offering and this offering, the entire animal is consumed in the fire. 6. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and cast it into the midst of the burning of the heifer. While the animal is burning on the altar, the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet are cast in there. Now, cedar wood represents the cross. Hyssop represents sorrow and suffering, which is what Jesus felt on the cross. And the scarlet represents the blood of Jesus, and it also represents the shame that was on him when he died. They humiliated him by pulling his beard, spitting at him, wrapping him in the scarlet robe, and putting the crown of thorns on his head and mocking him. They also humiliated him by making him go on the cross naked in front of everybody. He was humiliated in multiple ways, and he carried that shame, and that's why none of us should ever feel shame. Now, we do a lot of times because of abuse, we will carry shame, but Jesus took that shame on the cross. If you are carrying shame in your life because of abuse, give it to Jesus because he died for it, and he doesn't want you to carry it. We need to repent of our sins, but a lot of times abuse victims will carry the shame of the sin that somebody else performed on them. So give it to the Lord. Repent of carrying it. Say, God, I'm sorry for carrying this shame. I give it to you, and I won't carry it anymore. 7. Then the priest shall wash his clothes, and he shall bathe his flesh in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. And the priest shall be unclean until the even. Because remember, you're always unclean until the next day, and the next day starts when the sun goes down in the evening. It never starts in the morning in the Bible. The next day, which is evening, that's when you're clean. Now, the priest is the one who burnt the animal outside the camp, and the priest is unclean. And this is really unusual, because normally... 
a priest remains clean during a sacrifice, but for this sacrifice, the priest becomes unclean while the people become clean and they get atonement. This represents that when Jesus went to the cross, he became unclean on our behalf. He took on the blame of our sin, even though he did nothing wrong. So in that sense, Jesus became unclean when he was on the cross, and that's why he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? The Father had to forsake him because Jesus wasn't clean at that point. Now, he was never a sinner, either before he died on the cross or after he died. He was never a sinner because you have to sin to be a sinner. But all the blame of our sin was on his shoulders. And so here with this sacrifice, the priest who performs the sacrifice actually becomes unclean, and he has to bathe and wait until evening. 8. And he that burneth her shall wash his clothes in the water and bathe, and bathe his flesh in water, and he shall be unclean until the even. 9. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of, of the heifer, and lay them up without the camp in a clean place, and it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel. For a water of sprinkling, it is a purification from sin. Once this animal is burnt, from then on its ashes are saved, and will be used any time somebody needs to be purified after touching a dead body. The priest will mix those ashes in water and use that to purify anybody who has touched a dead body. This represents that Jesus has saved us from eternal death. If we follow him, 10, and he that gathereth the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the even, and it shall be unto the children of Israel and unto the stranger that sojourneth among them for a statute forever. Now the priest has been unclean because he conducted the sacrifice outside of the camp. And then when he's done, he goes and takes a bath and waits till evening. And then the man who picks up the ashes and takes them to a separate place, he will take the ashes to a clean location because the ashes themselves are clean. But the man, because he took them from the unclean location, he is dirty. So he has to also wash and wait until evening. 11. He that touches the dead, even any man's dead body, shall be unclean seven days. So you don't come in contact with other people for seven days. And this is to prevent disease. 12. The same shall purify himself wherewith on the third day and on the seventh day, and he shall be clean. But if he purify not himself the third day and the seventh day, he shall not be clean. You know that your skin sheds cells all the time. This is going to be a seven-day process where your skin cells are going to have enough time to shed and you get bathed with the ritual water that has the heifer ashes in it two times, once on the third day and once on the seventh day. After the end of the seventh day, your skin is new on the outside. The shedding of any defilement is gone. 13. Whosoever toucheth the dead, even the dead of any man that is dead, and purifieth not himself, himself, he hath defiled the tabernacle of the Lord, that soul shall be cut off from Israel, because the water of sprinkling was not dashed against him. He shall be unclean. His uncleanness is yet upon him. So if you don't go through this ritual seven-day cleansing, you're never going to be clean, is what God is saying. 14. This is the law. When a man dieth in a tent, every one that cometh into the tent and everything that is in the tent shall be unclean for seven days. 15. And every open vessel which hath no covering close bound upon it is unclean. If there's a pitcher of water that didn't have a cover, if it wasn't covered, then everything that's in there is defiled. 
and everybody who came in and either cried over the body or ministered to clean the body and prepare it for burial or ministered to take the body out of the home, all those people are unclean. 16. And whosoever in the open field toucheth one that is slain with a sword, or one that dieth of himself, or a bone of a man, or a grave, shall be unclean seven days. If you find a bone, or a dead person, or you're in battle, and you have you know, killed people or touched dead people, you're unclean for seven days. 17. And for the unclean, they shall take of the ashes of the burning of the purification from sin, and running water shall be put thereto in a vessel. You're going to take the ashes of the heifer, which are saved in a clean area until they're used up. Those will go into a vessel of running water. Now, running water is living water, and living water has uh, medicinal properties that stagnant water doesn't have. Living water represents the living water of the Holy Spirit in us and the living water of Jesus Christ. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of water but it's a spiritual river. We also have the river of life when we get to heaven. They have to put the ashes in living water. An example of living water is spring water or water from a river that's moving. It's water that's moving. The moving purifies water. 18. And a clean person shall take hyssop and dip it in the water and sprinkle it upon the tent and upon all the vessels and upon the persons that were there and upon him that toucheth the bone or the slain or the dead or the grave. The hyssop is the sorrow and the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross. That gets dipped into the living water, which is his life that he gives to us, that has the ashes of the heifer, which represent his blood because the heifer is red, and it was sacrificed for the cleansing. 19. And the clean person shall sprinkle upon the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day. And on the seventh day he shall purify him, and he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself with water, and shall be clean at evening. On the seventh day, after you get sprinkled, then you can go wash your clothes, take a bath, and then when the sun goes down in the evening, at the beginning of a new day, then you're clean. 20. But the man that shall be unclean and shall not purify himself, that soul shall be cut off from the midst of the assembly, because he hath defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of sprinkling hath not been dashed against him. He is unclean. If we don't repent of our sins and get forgiven by God and get eternal life, we will be cut off. We will end up going to hell in the end. That's what this represents. 21. And it shall be a perpetual statue unto them, and he that sprinkleth the water of sprinkling shall wash his clothes, and he that toucheth the water of sprinkling shall be unclean until evening. 22. And whatsoever the unclean person toucheth shall be unclean, and the soul that toucheth him shall be unclean until evening. And that concludes Numbers chapter 19.